Hello and welcome once again to our awesome Premier League and FA Cup, of course, because we have a special weekend in the islands and we are... Tom? Nice to have you back again. We lost you. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm back again. I'm back again. Video number 500, I was saying. <laughs> Round numbers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, comment with us the FA Cup and the Premier League, of course. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. And now let's go on with the show. I never left you. It was just the USB was unplugged for a second. But here we're I nailing it. I think we're nailing it. You've done too many shows. You need some time off, buddy. I agree. I agree with you. Let's go on holiday soon. But before, let's uh, analyze the Premier League games. Uh, we have a bunch of them, and we are going to start with tonight's game. No, why not? In Goodison Park, we have Everton, Newcastle. What a nightmare for. <laughs> Everton, they can uh, fall into the bottom three, still uh, three games uh, in hand compared to Watford, but they have uh, exactly the same points. Uh, not the best uh, weeks, no, for Frank Lampard. No. <laughs> Lost to Wolves, been thrashed by Tottenham. Uh, Newcastle, on the other hand, they can uh, call themselves uh, safe. Is there any reason to be optimistic with this Everton and with Frank Lampard? No, no, absolutely not. There's, there's no reason for optimism. They're, they're woeful. They're a woeful team. Their, their individual players are either underperforming or simply not good enough. Underperforming the likes of Richarlison and Abdullah Decore, not good enough. The likes of Michael Keane and John Joe Kenny. There is no one performing to the quality required at Everton Football Club. And Frank Lampard is not the world's most tactically astute manager. Um, last week against Wolverhampton Wanderers, they played 4-2-3-1. The two in midfield were Donny van der Beek and Alan. They can't run. You can't play two midfielders in the Premier League against Wolverhampton Wanderers who can't run. But he played Decore further forward to try and get him involved in attacks. But you needed him in midfield for the legs because Donny van der Beek and Alan are not a Premier League central midfield partnership. The trouble is... Apart from Decore, there's people like Andre Gomez, there's people like Deli Alley. They also can't run. And that's a massive problem for Everton, where the engine room is so important. At the top end, Richarlison is trying hard, but not succeeding. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin, missing last week. Fitness test for this one. Nowhere near the player he once was. All sorts of issues. For Newcastle, we could have said all that about them four months ago. How things have changed. Um, Chris Wood. Finally scored for them, but without scoring has been quietly effective. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes scored a great goal against Southampton and he's being gradually brought into the team more for next season than this. That's how confident Newcastle have been about staying up the whole time. And in Dan Byrne, they maybe had the signing of the January transfer window. Absolutely fantastic for Newcastle. And look at Brighton slide down the table. A win for Newcastle. They go above Brighton. No coincidence that is because of the sale of Dan Byrne, who was their best player for long spells of this season. Really good odds here. Oh, really yeah. good odds. This morning, Newcastle were 3-1. to one. They're now up to 3.25. Uh, 
I would hold off on betting on this game until two hours before kickoff. And then I would put all my money on Newcastle United to win. Because Everton, despite having a better home record than their away record, is still not a particularly good home record. Goodison is a real tough place to play right now, especially for these players. Only Anthony Gordon is actually sprinting for the cause. And here, at 3-1, to one, Newcastle, go for it. Double chance if you want to be safe. But I won't get, go near Everton again this season. I think they'll lose every game. Um, at least I'll be betting on them to lose at least half of what is left. And for this game on Thursday, Newcastle all the way. At 3-1, to one, you haven't even got to get fancy. Just take it. Yeah, I'm surprised to see these good odds. And everyone agrees, actually. Newcastle takes something here. Anthony is saying Newcastle to win. Uh, Blue Shark, a double chance for Anthony. Double chance is around 1.67. So it's not that bad. Harry is going for a draw. Then you have your double chance. If you want uh, draw no bet, which is another option, 2.27. This is a very good one, actually. So if there is a draw. You get your money back. And Enco is asking, no, Poker Factor is asking you if you see Everton getting relegated. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I think that... Um, despite Watford's win last week, they won't make it. I wouldn't back Norwich, you may have noticed. And that leaves one place open, and that's Burnley, it's Everton, it's Leeds. And I think that's it. Leeds can win games. Burnley always stay up. I've seen nothing so far about Everton, which makes me think they're going to stay in the Premier League. You don't trust uh, Norwich? I am surprised. I am very surprised. We're keeping that hidden from you. <laughs> then on Friday we have Wolves uh, Leeds. Wolves are still in the battle to get into Europe because they have back-to-back uh, -back victories, uh, Everton and Watford. So they need to win this one. And uh, for Leeds, uh, was a great relief, eh? a massive victory against uh, Norwich with that late winner scored by Gelhardt. Uh, should we back Wolves again? Good luck. Oh, tough here. It's tough, actually, because as much as I've enjoyed Wolverhampton Wanderers in terms of the points tally, they're not a particularly good football team. They're a real um, Simeone team. You know, this is what they're like. They're a kind of get a goal and then outhouse their way to victory without taking a shot. And everyone pretends they've got ankle problems for the next 40 minutes. You know, it's what they do. It's how they beat Everton last week. It's how they win a lot of games, how they tried to beat Arsenal a few weeks ago. So some really good performances. Like Sir Ruben Neves has been phenomenal. Connor Cody is a tremendous captain and scored the winner last week. So there's lots to like about Wolves, but I still feel like the wheels are going to come off at some point. I still feel like this run of form this year isn't going to push through all the way to the end of the season. And I also think the Champions League dream has gone because of recent losses against the likes of Arsenal and West Ham. For Leeds, again, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about Leeds at this moment in time. I thought last week, the way they won it was classic Jesse Marsh. And what he did when Norwich equalised was bring a forward on. You know, other managers in this league would have brought on a centre-half to ease things out, get a 1-1 draw, stop them winning. The moment Norwich scored, in the 92nd minute, he brought on Joe Gelhart. They won because of who Jesse Marsh is, and they won because of the ability of, of Joe Gelhart to win the header, then get in position to tap home the rebound. So in this one, there are two scorelines. One, Wolverhampton Wanderers win the game without conceding, and it'll be under 1.5 goals. That means 1-0 Wolverhampton Wanderers. My other bet here will be Leeds win it, and there's over 2.5 goals in the game. So it's either going to be an end-to-end slobber knocker, or Wolves do what they always do and score a goal and kill the game. At this moment in time, I wouldn't pick one or the other, 
but I would go for one or the other. All right, the uh, Wolves to win, as we are saying, 2.25. Also, Blue Shark is going uh, for it. Very interesting, the relegation battle. And so it is uh, the Champions League battle on Saturday. We have only one game in the Premier League in Villa Park, Aston Villa Arsenal. I listened to Arteta complaining because uh, his team is going to play two games or three games in one week. They are not used to that because they <laughs> used to call off the game if they had uh, a midweek game. And uh, despite the defeat against Liverpool, they are still comfortable in the fourth place, but they have to win this one to get a good uh, difference with Man United, for instance, and won't be easy yet going now to Villa Park. I have a lot of time for Mikel Arteta, but I thought that was pathetic, what he said after <laughs> the Liverpool game on Wednesday, considering all the Champions League teams, considering West Ham, considering... Uh, Tottenham have been in the, the Conference League, considering Leicester are still playing in the Conference League, considering other teams have gone far in the domestic cup competitions, which Arsenal didn't. Um, staggering, staggering that for one week, they've got to play one game 48 hours apart. And even over Christmas, the reason they have so many games in hand is because they had so many games called off. Yeah. So when everyone else was playing game after game after game at Christmas and losing games you wouldn't expect, they had loads of days off. I thought it was incredibly tone deaf. It was so tone deaf, he could work for Chelsea's PR department. It was ridiculous to say that. Um, I went to the game on Wednesday and I thought Arsenal were massively under par. The thing is of Arsenal is that they're flat track bullies. They, they always have been and maybe always will be when it comes to big games. Even when they played well in, in the Man City game, they tend to lose them. Um, and so there was no great surprise they weren't able to get anywhere near Liverpool in midweek. I was disappointed they really didn't create a chance and they have lots of great offensive options, but didn't get anywhere near the, a Liverpool backline who looked quite exposed at times with the, with the high line that they play. So didn't change his tactics, didn't have a secondary idea, has pushed the first idea a lot, which has worked well, but I was disappointed with them. For Aston Villa, speaking of being disappointed, I thought they would win last week against West Ham. I couldn't believe how poor they were. Oh, yeah. Considering West Ham had played severe on the Thursday, couldn't change anybody really because of how thin the squad is how good Coutinho had been, Jacob Ramsey had been. But David Moyes did something that is so basic, but so effective. He said to Declan Rice, Mark Coutinho, if we stop Coutinho, they've got nothing. And that's what happened. Declan Rice stood on Coutinho, took the ball off his toes every time he got it, and it stifled Aston Villa. If Arsenal do that, they will win this game. If they put Thomas Partey on Philippe Coutinho, they will win this game. I'm not sure Mikko Arteta is going to be as tactically dexterous to do that. I think he's going to go there and try and play his way. And I think it will cost them. Um, 3.71, the draw, is very, very nice here. Frankly, the odds for both teams to win are quite nice. But I think you see two teams here that are actually quite even in a lot of ways. I think you see two teams that are going to work incredibly hard. And you've got two teams here who want to come back from what was a real poor game last time out for both. So I'd be looking draw, I'd be looking both teams to score, I'd be looking Aston Villa to be leading at half-time and the score to be level at full-time. Draw, we have uh, also Blusark is uh, seeing a draw. Enko is telling us that uh, no way Arsenal is finishing in the top four. I want oh. to know in your comments, who do you think is going to finish in the top four, in your opinion, Tom? Uh, Arsenal are. I, 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 don't, I don't share our viewers' pessimism about them. I think a draw here is still good enough. The loss in midweek was a free hit. And the other other teams in it, 
who's going to overcome them? Spurs win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. West Ham, if they go out of the Europa League on Thursday, maybe could go on a run. United, your guess is good as mine. Wolverhampton Wanderers, I'm not sure they can win enough games. So I think I still think it's Arsenal, but up in the air. Oh my God, Man United. Uh, luckily, we are not going to talk about them in this video. What a performance. I love the memes about um, Harry Maguire and his game also against Atletico Madrid. Atrocious. But we will talk about them in another video because on Sunday we have two more games. Leicester uh, Brentford talking about tough calendars. No, what to say about Leicester? They are also playing in the Conference League. Now they are back to the Premier League where they've been a little uh, hit and miss because they've missing so many players. But lately they were able to beat teams like Leeds or Burnley. So perhaps they also do the job against uh, Brentford. As you were completely correct, uh, Tom, as most of the times, Brentford are going to stay in the Premier League because they beat recently Norwich and Burnley and they gave them the ticket to the Premier League. Yeah, the Norwich win, I think, will get them almost there. They're eight points clear with, what, nine games to go. That's three wins maximum they're going to need from this point. I think two wins and a draw from this point will get Brentford safe and they will achieve that between now and the end, in my opinion. Um, for Leicester City, as you say, the injury issues all season long have been a joke for them. And I think their fans will be rather delighted that this season will be coming to an end. And it may well be coming to an end with Conference League silverware as well, which will be incredible considering the campaign that they've had. Um, no Jamie Vardy, uh, no Johnny Evans, no Castagna. Fafana may well come back in. We hope so. He's been missing all season, but still a long list of injuries for Leicester. But in people like Harvey Barnes, in people like Michael Brighton, people like James Madison, they have players in form. They have players in form. And Harvey Barnes is an outstanding talent who's ripping fullbacks apart at this moment in time. And I think he'll have a field day against this Brentford defence, who are very one-paced. They don't go high, but Harvey Barnes is skillful enough to get past these players. I think Leicester have goal-scoring threat. I think Brentford will be looking for flick-downs and penalties. And I'm looking for a Leicester win here. High corner count in this game. Go above 10 corners in the game. Five for each. Maybe 10 before half-time. Because Brentford play for them. And Leicester like to play wide and try and cross. Leads the blocks. So high corner count. Leicester win, and I don't see Brentford scoring. Both teams to score. Many people are also suggesting here 1.76 if we go for both teams to score. If Leicester wins, the Foxes, we have good odds as well. 2.23 and one more game uh, in the Premier League in this weekend, and it's the East London Derby. We have Tottenham West Ham after Wednesday victory for Tottenham. They can jump into the fifth spot if they win this game, even equal uh, Arsenal in the table with uh, 51 points. Uh, beating Brighton is not a great success, I guess, lately. It's a, an easy job. Uh, perhaps this will be tougher, but as you mentioned before, the, the calendar for West Ham is so, so tough uh, and they have a very tough game in the Europa League. No, So it's going to be a big question mark how the team is going to arrive to this important game. Yeah, and I think the game against Sevilla on the Thursday is why West Ham are 5-1 to one and Tottenham are 1.7, 1.8 for this because um, Tottenham are on this run of win-lose, win, win, win-lose, 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 no draws. You know, that's what they're doing at the moment. And they won in midweek, so if you believe in that kind of thing, they'll lose this one. But, you know, they weren't great at Old Trafford last week. I didn't see the Brighton game on Wednesday as I was at the Arsenal match, but... You know, I think that in Harry Kane, they've got someone who's scoring goals again in Kulisevsky and Hungman Son. They've got attacking threat. And I think that 
Um, they are more than good enough to beat West Ham at home in this match. For West Ham, we speak before the Sevilla game, but you saw it against Villa last weekend. They're, they're walking wounded. Like, it's ridiculous how thin their squad is. Utterly ridiculous to the point of self-sabotage at this moment in time. You know, with Antonio going down injured on the weekend, we don't know how fit he'll be for Thursday, but he'll have to play in this game. If he can walk, he has to play. If Declan Rice can walk, he has to play. If Cresswell can walk, he has to play. And that's a problem. You know, the, the Aston Villa game was the game for the rotation, but they couldn't rotate. And so these, these players are being flogged. And I think that they are just not going to be able to match the energy of Tottenham Hotspur, even though they played on Wednesday. You know, the game against Brighton didn't quite have the emotional gravitas of the game West Ham played against Sevilla, their most important European game since the early 80s. So don't back West Ham here, even at 5-1 to one with their good record at Tottenham. They've won there a couple of times in the Premier League, and this is normally West Ham's biggest game of the season. It's yeah. not even their biggest game this week, this time out. So, you know, it does change things a bit for West Ham. Um, so look at Tottenham here. Look at Tottenham to, to win without conceding. Double it up with the Harry Kane goal. Um, I think Tottenham win every which way this game. Mm, well, last week you said uh, West Ham were going to lose against Aston Villa and they did the job. So perhaps you are cursing the rival right now. Blue Shark or Rick, actually, is uh, they are both back in the hammers for this game. And Santa believes that Spurs will finish in the top four. The real thing is that the run uh, for the top four is so interesting that uh, many teams can uh, finish in Champions League spots. Yeah. Then let's switch our minds because we are going to cup competitions, FA Cup. And mark my words, Tom is very good at tipping in the FA Cup. So first game, Middlesbrough, Chelsea, while you were watching Arsenal-Liverpool. I was watching, to be honest, uh, Juventus-Villarreal, but Chelsea, they were playing and travelling to Lille. Kay Havers didn't have to pay for the trip, as far as we know, but they were there <laughs> and they did the job. They won. The team is still winning despite all the issues that they have outside the pitch. And they are going to Middlesbrough, six in the Champions League, in the Champions League, in the Championship. <laughs> and they were able to beat Tottenham and Man United eh, this season. So be careful, Chelsea, with this Middlesbrough. Yeah, I mean, Middlesbrough have got Chris Wilder as their manager. Viewers might remember him from Sheffield United. Um, sacked there last year with the club in a bit of free fall, but I think a bit of backing for him and, and Sheffield United would still be a Premier League club. Didn't get it last summer, didn't get it in the season, got sacked in the end, and where are they now? No one knows, nobody cares. He's gone to Middlesbrough and he's doing the Sheffield United thing. He's got people like uh, Fry and McNair in central defensive positions getting forward and everyone's a bit like, what's he doing here? Um, you've got people like Johnny Housen, who used to play for Norwich a few years ago in central midfield. You know, tremendous footballer, tremendous passer of the ball uh, and very much holding this team together at times and following Balogun uh, on loan from Arsenal. I think on loan, I don't think they bought him. Um, but a good striker at the championship level, not quite a Premier League striker, uh, but they have beaten Premier League opposition in this competition already. And the Riverside Stadium will be basically all Middlesbrough fans for this game as well. Only about 500 or so um, have been able to go from Chelsea because they bought the tickets before the... Um, sanctions that came down right so 500 can go that's it they were meant to get like four and a half thousand Chelsea fans at this one the odds are stacked against Chelsea here in many many ways apart from the fact their playing staff is streets above whatever Middlesbrough have got 
but so was Tottenham's, to be fair. Um, didn't see the Champions League game as yet. I've not been able to catch up on it, but I have, of course, seen Chelsea in the last couple of games. And, you know, getting rid of Lukaku, we've said it all season, had to be done, is being done. Kai Havertz is their best player. Build the team around Kai Havertz and you won't go too far wrong. Good to see Pulisic. I hear he played well against Lille uh, on Wednesday. And I'm a big fan of Christian Pulisic. I think him, Mount and Havertz, as it was with the Champions League final, is their best trio. So hopefully that trio can get together as much as possible. Um, and look, I think Middlesbrough are going to push Chelsea hard here. I wouldn't be stunned to see this game go to extra time. It's going to be decided on the day um, because this is a massive game for Borough, a team in real good form, a team who are winning. And when you're winning, they won at Birmingham City a couple of days ago, was it Tuesday? Um, and when you're winning, games like this are a blessing. And Chris Wilder knows how to beat big teams. He's done it previously with Sheffield United. However, I would still stick with Chelsea to win. But I'll be looking at draw after 90, Chelsea win in extra time. I think Borough are going to push Chelsea all the way here. But Chelsea will still go through it. Because Chelsea always go through it. Nice. Uh, then the draw is 4.64. Remember that these odds are for the full-time market. So until the 19th minute. Um, Blue Shark, Chelsea to win. And of course, Harry is our Chelsea fan. So he goes for his team and both teams to score. You say it won't be easy. Perhaps it will be easier for Crystal Palace. This is a Premier League game. Crystal Palace, Everton. I'm surprised to see these good odds to back Crystal Palace. We know that Everton, they are going to put everything no, in the Premier League game that we've analysed uh, before. And for Crystal Palace, Tom, you were completely right when you said, be careful when they were facing Man City, they are going to get some points and they are mm -hmm. looking sharp. I guess also it's going to be a... No, a very important game for them because getting into Wembley is going to be very important for their supporters now that they are safe in the Premier League. Oh, I was gutted on Monday. I took the 11-1 to 1 from last week, Palace to win. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I took the money on 5-1 to 1 as well, so I still came out okay on it. But when they got that Conor Gallagher chance at the end, oh, I was screaming. I was screaming for him to square <laughs> it to Zahar and, and score. But in the end, they were great, Palace. They, you know, they're, they're a bit like Southampton. They go on runs. They've got good players but they're not able to do it over a consistent run of time in terms of the season. But five, six, seven weeks, they can pull a rabbit out of the hat. And I think that at this moment in time, there's no way I'd put money on Everton to win a game of football, right? So we can discount them already. We spoke about them earlier. And I think they'll rotate heavily for this game. It's not a free hit for them. I think it's please nobody get injured. Please knock us out and let's get back to the Premier League for them. Um, but for Crystal Palace, you know, Conor Gallagher, he ran 12 and a half kilometre against Man City the other day. Like, ludicrous amount of work. Um, he's doing him and Cuyate's running. Gay and Anderson, good centre-half. Squaita, couple of mistakes in the game, but he makes saves. He makes big saves, the Crystal Palace goalkeeper. You know, a bit like David De Gea. Makes some errors, but at the big moments, he will be there. A glove will be in the way of that football. And that's a big reason why they were able to get something against Man City. So, you know, I wouldn't go too fancy here. I think Crystal Palace are going to win. Crystal Palace aren't going to concede a goal in this game. I think Palace have only got this to play for now, as Everton have got bigger fish to fry in the Premier League. I'd be looking at 2.2. Again, this will go up. Wait for 2.7. Wait for 2.8 when we get to the weekend. When we get to Saturday, Saturday night before the early game Sunday, that's when I'll be betting on this game. They might even get up to 3-1. to one. At that point, it's well worth a tenner of your money for Crystal Palace to win flat out. But I'll be going Crystal Palace to win in 90. Indeed, very good odds uh, to back Crystal Palace. You mentioned no the, the game of the season for them. 
And uh, also for Southampton, they have absolutely nothing to play for in the Premier League. And they have this massive game, Southampton-Man City. We know how good Man City are usually in and Pep Guardiola also in cup games after dropping points in the Premier League. Their eyes are in some Maris, but uh, this season we also saw Man City dropping points in the south of England. Do you see trouble here for Man City or they will be with the hammer? I don't I don't know. I like that sound. Very nice. Um I, I don't know if um they're going to hammer um Southampton, but I do think that they're going to win. Like you take Man City here, right? At 1.35, it's not really worth your time. But you know, this might be a one worth avoiding this weekend because I don't think they will thrash Southampton. At the moment, Man City are just struggling in front of goal. They're just struggling to find that rhythm in front of goal. And maybe, you know, they are slogged from December through to March, win, 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 win. And they haven't rotated a great deal. They haven't rotated as much as we kind of think they do. And in fact, made no substitutions at Selhurst Park on Monday, which he's done a couple of times this season at Guardiola. Brentford recently springs to mind as well. So um, I I think at 1.35, it's not really worth your time. For Southampton, they were 10 to 1 this morning. They're 11 to 1 now. They may well drift to 15s or 16s by the time we get to Sunday. If this game was four weeks ago, Three weeks ago, even a fortnight ago, I would quite fancy Southampton because of, I mean, how they played in the last round against West Ham. They were brilliant, brilliant against the good West Ham team. We played all right on the night, but in Perot, great goal. Breuer, good striker. Adams and Armstrong able to to switch positions. Obviously, James Ward-Prowse. But they've just come off the boil. And because of that, you go Man City. Go Man City in 90, but go low scoring. I would go under 2.5 goals in this game. I would say Southampton do not score. Man City do. Level at half-time. City win at full, under 2.5. Wow, a lot of options then for this Southampton-Man City. Two games without scoring for Pep's men. And the last quarter-final game to European champions. eh? Nottingham Forest, uh, Liverpool at the city ground. Here we saw Arsenal and Leicester City losing already in the FA Cup, even if Nottingham Forest, they are away from the playoff spots in the championship. Whereas for Liverpool, what a season, eh? what a 2022. They are winning almost every game, even if Salah, he doesn't look as fit as uh, he used to be, but with Luis Diaz on fire. Nothing else than backing Liverpool, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You'd back Liverpool here, but it's it's tough because twelve to one is real good for Nottingham Forest, right? And if you've seen Forest recently, and I saw them at the weekend, no, it was midweek. It was last night. I watched the highlights this morning against Queens Park Rangers. This goal from Jed Spence. Check this out if you've got the time. They're on great form, a bit like Middlesbrough, looking at the playoffs thinking we can do this. Their FA Cup run, like Borough, has almost encouraged them to get big results in the championship. One is helping the other at the moment. You know, we've seen them this season already eliminate Arsenal from this competition. We've seen um, the Premier League veteran, uh, Lewis Graben, coming off the bench to have an impact in games. We've seen people like Garner and Jack Colback um, reinvigorating their careers. Jack Colback, you remember from, from Sunderland and, and Newcastle days, maybe seven, eight years ago, now playing sort of left wing back. You know, they've got some good players, Nottingham Forest, and their manager um, is a guy called Steve Cooper, who is a football-playing manager. He's got these guys playing for him. Forest were going down before he came in, lifted everyone, a different sort of coach from the previous coach. They play good football. They get on the front foot. 
And when the city ground is supporting their team and it's packed out, it's one of the toughest places to go in the country. Um, and I think it could be a real tough one for Liverpool this. So I watched their game last night. I was there at Emirates Stadium and they weren't at their best. Certainly first half, they struggled Liverpool. They laboured at, at times. They went up through the gears for about 10 minutes. They spent the whole game at second gear, up to third, 2-0, back down to second. You know, they didn't overexert themselves. Luis Diaz, I agree, had been fantastic. Not on Wednesday, he struggled. Um, Diogo Jota had been fantastic. Not on Wednesday, a lot of the game he struggled. Um, same for Jordan Henderson. Same at times for Joel Matip, who's been brilliant. Player of the month last season, uh, last month, excuse me, in the Premier League. Um struggled at times. So not at their best. I expect rotation. I expect the likes of Divo Corrigi and Quiban Kelleher and uh, Joe Gomez and some of the, the players we don't see a great deal of these days to play. That opens the door for Nottingham Forest. I think Liverpool win, but I would go both teams to score. I wouldn't be amazed here if Forest were winning at halftime, Liverpool won at full time, and at halftime, Jurgen Klopp has to call for Mo Salah, has to call for uh, Sadio Mane. He will rest and rotate here. And so I think tie, both teams score, Liverpool win. Mm, Origi, yeah, what a legend. Always in my heart, Origi. <laughs> <laughs> so Liverpool and Man City to struggle in your opinion. Of course, they have their eyes in the Premier League run. Uh, by the way, the odds, uh, outright odds for the Premier League. Man City is still favourite, 1.48. Liverpool 2.75. Not bad. Not bad if we back the Reds there. Wow. Everything in England, you know, everything. Tom, Premier League, FA Cup, also Championship, I'm sure. Maybe League One, League Two. But let's focus in the ACA for this weekend. So I'm, I'm normally quite good at the FA Cup. So I'm going with the FA Cup. These are the teams to get through. So these are your FA Cup semi-finalists. Could be in 90, could be penalties, could be extra time. But this is what I'm doing this week. Four teams to make the semi-finals. Chelsea will beat Middlesbrough. Man City will eliminate Southampton. Liverpool are going to beat Nottingham Forest. And Crystal Palace beat Everton. If you get those through to win at any time in the game, six to one, not too bad. Mm -hmm. To qualify then. Remember, not to win, but to qualify. Yeah. Otherwise, if they go to extra time, you lose your bet if you back them in the 90 minute. Tom, let's take a break because we have international fixtures, but we will see each other in a couple of weeks. Enjoy enjoy this time without me. I, I hate all time without you, but, um, you know, I'll survive. All right, all right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Remember to like us and subscribe. Bye-bye.